Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about spooky stuff. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's not like that spooky. It's a different no. kind of spooky. <laughs> yeah, this is creepy maybe is a better word. Yeah. Scary, Weird. definitely. Weird. Yes. Because Halloween is tomorrow. <laughs> what are you doing for Halloween? Um, considering it's actually October 2nd, I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're recording this super early. <laughs> we're recording this early and you're going to find out why in just a minute. Yeah. But yeah, it is October, which I'm super pumped about. Fall is definitely my favorite season. Me too. What about you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so great. I love everything fall. I'm waiting for the smell of fall. Yeah. Do you know what the smell I'm talking about? Like you go outside and it's like crisp. Crisp air um, with a hint of like dead leaves kind (laughs) of or (laughs) something burning like fireplaces burning and leaves burning. Leaves burning and Sometimes like a hint of like cinnamon or nutmeg, nutmeg like ciders, nutbags. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't think I told you about this, but we are collecting acorns. No, and, and we're gonna like lacquer them. We're gonna dehydrate them and then lacquer them up and then sell them on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Rewind and explain what the hell you're talking about. Okay, so I was outside with Peter and Bjorn, and I was like, people sell acorns on Etsy. And Peter was like, what? We have so many <laughs> acorns. And so <laughs> he's like, I want to sell some on Etsy. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to quit my job and sell acorns. We're going to be rich. And then he said, there's (laughs) money in the trees. And now Bjorn (laughs) says, there's money in the trees. Bjorn is our two-year-old IVF baby, in case you're wondering. So what are you making out of these acorns? I'm I'm not making anything out of them, but... Oh, people actually buy acorns to do like decorations because I guess some people don't have acorn trees. Uh, I don't have a single acorn anywhere near me, so so I would maybe be, selling, I'll be your first buyer. Yeah, I'd be selling to someone like you if you like decorating. I don't know, but who's your acorn supplier, <laughs> Sarah Bruna? <laughs> you want some acorns? I got some acorns for you. That sounds like a fun fall activity, though. Yeah. I like it. It could be fun. So spooky, scary, weird stuff. And the first thing we're going to talk about is really scary to me. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a little bit scary to me, too. (laughs) Tell us why we're recording this episode early, Sarah. Okay, so we're recording this on October 2nd because I'm going to be having a baby probably in two weeks at the most. So I'm going to be leaving. That's not the scary part. Uh, I'm having a C-section. So I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about that. Oh, so sorry. My watch just my watch literally came alive and said, here are three scary movies. That's what that was. I'm like, what is that? I'm going to try to ignore it. Yes. The Nun, 
Hellfest and Mandy. <laughs> and what? Movies. What's the last one? Mandy. Mandy? I've never heard. Apparently, it's a scary movie. Oh, Mandy. My Apple Watch is listening movie, to us. I guess. <laughs> anyway, I am sorry that I interrupted you. What I meant it's to okay. say was the. <laughs> yes, giving birth can be quite scary, but I meant that it's not scary that you're having a baby. That's that's wonderful. No, that's also a little. I'm scared of having a newborn again. <laughs> well, true. Okay, there's a lot of scary things happening right now, and I'm scared to be without Sarah. But it's just a temporary hiatus. She's not gone forever, guys. Don't worry. But we did want to be upfront and honest with you that she's. We've reached. We've reached your, the terminal stage of your pregnancy. <laughs> why? Why do they say that? No, I'm quoting Michael Scott. It's oh. from, he says it in the... <laughs> I was like, why do you say that? Terminal? <laughs> he says it, he's, he uses it improperly, obviously, Yeah. on an episode of The Office. We all wish you well. We're all going to be cheering for you. Can't wait to see the pictures. And if baby. you're new here, it was a frozen embryo transfer, so don't be mad at me. <laughs> She, was, she didn't get pregnant naturally. Oh, no. No, I don't have fallopian tubes. So but impossible. This baby is a girl, but she was a morula, which I was very like, I was like, this could go either way because mm-hmm. she was frozen on day five as a morula. Right. So if you have a morula, like slow growing embryo, you can still get pregnant. Keep the faith. Yeah. Obviously, your family is your priority, and we know that you love and support the infertility community, but obviously that is your number one right now. So take care of yourself and that new baby, and we're so excited for you and Peter and Bjorn, and I'm I'm just super, I'm sure I speak on behalf of the entire community saying that we're really excited for you. And well, thank you. Can't wait to see your family grow. Oh, well, thank you. But this topic of you having a baby um, kind of prompted us to talk about another subject, which is kind of related because it's ghosting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if it fits in the if it's in an episode about spooky, scary stuff for Halloween. <laughs> some people don't know what ghosting is. Like I had to explain it to my mom. Because it's the something the kids are saying. Yeah. It was like it's like explaining memes. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, yeah, you. You ruined it since I have to explain (laughs) it to you. (laughs) Well, what's ghosting, Sarah? Okay, so ghosting is when you're, like, talking to someone and you're, like, either seeing them or you're just friends. And then they just stop talking to you completely and don't answer your calls and, like, just disappear and become a ghost. But not a ghost that, like, lives in your house or visits you. Not the... Haunting kind? Not the haunting kind, the kind that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They just, like, cold turkey, cut off all communication. Poof, gone. Yeah, and they just, like, won't talk to you. That's being ghosted. Got it. And then you're like, what did I do wrong? Usually. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ghosting going on in the trying to conceive world, don't you think? Yeah. It's it's complicated because I think so you 
you, the infertile person, you sometimes ghost your fertile friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's hard to hear about their pregnancy or their babies. So you're just like, I'm done. So sometimes you're the ghost. Occasionally, your fertile friends ghost you because they think you're not like fun, quote fun, or they're, you're not supportive of them you're anymore. Because the you're not. Yeah. And then the most complicated one, I think, is when your your friends that you've made through the infertility community ghost you after you become pregnant. That happens too. Yeah, or it happens the other way around too. Like yeah. They just go back to their regular accounts. They're like, oh, bye, peace out. I'm pregnant. I don't need you fools anymore. Pretty much. Yeah. So there's just a lot of ghosts floating around in the community. <laughs> there's a lot of ghosting happening. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I I don't support the, the like total cut-off communication without any explanation. I don't think that's cool on either side. Mm-mm. But, of course, we get, like, you know, if you don't, if you need to separate yourself from pregnant and people and people with kids, and that's totally understandable. No, yeah, I totally get it. Like, in my infertility group text, there's one girl who has not gotten pregnant And so when the second to last girl got pregnant, she's like, I can't be in here anymore, which makes me so How many of you guys are there? There's five of us. Five. Okay. Now there's four and it's not the same. (laughs) Aww. But I understand why she left and I'm not mad at her or anything. Right. You get it. It makes me sad because I miss her. Because she's funny and like I like talking to her, but yeah, yeah. You you're you get that she needs her space. Yeah, I hope she comes back. So if, yeah. So if you're listening, might. come back, okay. <laughs> I I've talked about this before that um, you know because I like met you through YouTube and I met a bunch of other people through YouTube. Mostly made a lot of really good friends. And pretty much all of them went on to get pregnant before I did, yourself included. And I absolutely, I mean, I wouldn't say I ghosted you, but I was like, I can't watch your videos anymore. I can't. You stopped watching my videos? Yes, I did. I didn't realize. (laughs) (laughs) Till now. I mean, you've mentioned it recently. I eventually came back. I just, there were like seasons when I needed to take a break, you know? Yeah. When it was, like, harder to deal with than other times. Uh, I just think it's normal to kind of go through seasons when your appetite is better for dealing with that. And sometimes yeah. it's not. Especially if it's, like, right after a miscarriage or after a failed transfer or a diagnosis of something. Like, there's Sometimes it's just harder than others to, like, deal with it. But anyway, it's a complicated thing. But, it is you know, it is... It is very complicated. Yeah, it's... I would just say, it, honor your feelings. Don't feel like you have to cater to someone else's at the root of it. But at the same time, don't be a jerk. You know, both things can be true. Like, it gets weird after you get pregnant. After, like, Absolutely. being in the infertility community. Because it's like, am I posting too much? Or am mm-hmm. I posting too little? And people think that I've, like, left. 
them. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, you feel like you all of a sudden kind of got kicked out of this one group and thrust into this other group. But you're not. Don't really want to be a part of. (laughs) Like regular pregnant people. Yeah, and you don't want to. You don't want to hang with them. You still want your infertility buddies, but now you feel awkward because you don't want. You want to be sensitive to them. Yeah, and so it can actually be very isolating. Yeah. I think it's actually one of the reasons it took us such a long time to start this podcast. We weren't really sure how we would be received as like people on the quote other side with kids, yeah. and you know, and I get that, and. Hey, Sarah, on the topic of ghosting and spooky Halloween scary things, I'm glad you're not ghosting us. I am not. (laughs) You gave us a fair warning. I am not ghosting you. Take a little break and you'll be back. Yeah, and I'm not taking a break from the Facebook group because you can just get on Facebook all the time (laughs) on your phone. I can. You don't have to do any research to have an opinion. (laughs) No, I can just make stuff up. So if I tell you stuff in there... (laughs) <laughs> it could be wrong. You should always fact check us. Always. Always. You guys know this. So we're going to talk about not only some like weird, scary treatments or ideas about infertility, but also some like interesting cures or witchcraft, potions. Um, They're not exact. Like my list isn't what I was going to go for. The the oh. my list is more like rituals and rites. Do you want to go first? I can. Mine are um, current ones. Oh, okay, so this is stuff people are doing now. Yeah, and what Kayla's going to talk about are the historical <laughs> ones, which are pretty messed up. Drunk fertility. It's my favorite segment. <laughs> no, and I yeah, I thought these stories were like really interesting that you're going to talk about, but I'll go through mine a little bit quicker so we can get on to yours. So the first, the first thing I was going to tell you about is, um, there is this statue of Victor Noir and it's on his grave and he's laying down. Okay. (laughs) And he was a French journalist, and he died in 1870. And his statue that's over his grave is bronze. And I guess they thought he was, like, an elegant, eloquent man. And so they made a statue of him. But <laughs> okay. you can see the outline of his penis on the oh. statue. So... How, how noir. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like full bronze statue of him. And it's visited. Full bronzed penis. No, no, no. Like his full body. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't see his (laughs) penis, but like you can see the outline of it. The bump? Yes. So people, like women, on a daily basis (laughs) will uh, rub it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's this green, you know how bronze turns green, like um, the Statue Uh of Liberty? So most of him's green, except where people (laughs) rub his crotch. (laughs) And they see it as a 
good luck, fertility ritual. And they also kiss him, <laughs> which is kind of gross. So. <coughs> Wait, so hold on. They only rub the penis part, right? Yeah. So if you rub it, does it stay bronze and everything else turned green yep. or the other way around? Yeah. Oh, so they're polishing his penis yeah. day by day. Yeah. And it's keeping it nice and uh, bronzy. Bronze. <laughs> and they kiss him so his lips are still bronze. And then they also bring... That's just disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> the and kissing. then they bring him flowers and put them in his hat that's a part of this statue. I can get behind rubbing. I can't get behind the kissing. No, that's gross. <laughs> You know how many I would ugh, no. <laughs> no, it's probably like kissing a penny that thousands of other people have kissed like within the year. Where is the statue? Um it's in France. Okay. It's in Paris. I'm reminded of that scene from how have you seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? I've seen it. Or no, no, the wedding planner. With Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. I haven't been there. I mean, okay, sorry, I'm looking at another ritual. I haven't seen it oh, in a sorry. long time. It's it's <clears throat> it's Matthew McConaughey. He was my uh, common denominator with both of those films. Oh. Anyway, she's walking around. Look, they're looking at these old statues, and he they anyway accidentally gets the penis caught like super glued to his hand. It's a <laughs> whole big thing. Anyway, <laughs> good movie. Go on. <laughs> That would suck. Um, there's yeah. a Japanese penis festival. Oh. Yeah. It, it happens every spring and is said to boost fertility while helping protect participants against venereal disease. Oh, no. Wait, what do they do? Um, they care. Well, in this picture, they're carrying around a large pink penis, penis on oh my gosh like tw- 12 people 12 women are carrying around this pink penis oh they penis. make the women carry the penis yeah oh come on <laughs> carry your own damn penis dudes it's called Connemara Missouri Matsuri okay yeah is it like a parade yeah <laughs> It's a festival. Can you imagine, like, a penis-themed parade? Uh, Just imagine it. Yeah. Just imagine it for a moment. <laughs> it's a good time. Like a penis-shaped float? A penis... <clears throat> an enormous, like, Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day parade-sized balloon? Yeah. This sounds like a Napoleon complex yeah. thing. <laughs> um, there's this miracle chair... And it is in Naples, Italy. It is said that the Catholic St. Maria Francesca of the Five Wounds of Jesus reportedly died in this chair. And the saint was canonized by a priest who named her the patroness of women with difficulty conceiving. I don't know why, but um, yeah. The chair occupies a small apartment in the neighborhood where she lived, and um, the walls of the apartment are covered with birth announcements, and women from around the world come to sit in the chair. 
and have their wombs blessed by the nuns who maintained St. Francesca's residence. Oh. And then they come back and bring the birth announcement after they conceive. See, that's a nicer one than the penis parade. Yeah. (laughs) And then there are these caves in South America. Not South America, South Africa. Sorry. It's kind of out of the middle of nowhere, I think. But it's a holy cave, and people make the pilgrimage to it. Uh, Women hoping to get pregnant go there. And I will definitely butcher the name of this. (laughs) It's Motolugin Caves. Sure. Yeah. It's a holy cave, and people go there for fertility. So you just walk to the cave and... Walk around and just like, okay, get me pregnant. That's it. Well, Peter don't drink anything or burn anything or sniff anything. Not that I know of, but um, it would probably help if you did. Take something to burn, just just to be or to safe. eat. You probably want to eat. Yeah, if it's in the middle of nowhere and you've been hiking a while, you're gonna be thirsty. So that's all I wanted to talk about. I want to hear those were good about yours. Those were great. I love it. <laughs> but there, I mean, there's other stuff people do now. Like you can buy spells. Oh, who do you buy spells from? Like a, a Wiccan person? I guess people used to buy them off of Etsy. Oh no, guys, don't do that. But <laughs> I think Etsy put the kibosh on it because they're like, this isn't a real product. <laughs> what? Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't buy spells on the internet. <laughs> or otherwise, if you ask me. I think you can buy them from eBay. I mean, do what you want, but... Yeah, hmm. so, yeah. That's... Any? Did you find any weird, like, potions or uh, mixtures? No. or? I'm sure there are, but I didn't find any. I mean, yeah. If you just look objectively at some of the stuff we do, we all like do that's acceptable in the infertility community it probably sounds super crazy to other people oh yeah so like injecting ourselves with old lady pee <laughs> yeah <laughs> some people do something bee what is the one like bee pollen or something bee um uh yeah i know what you're talking oh man i can't remember i can't remember what it's called but yes, something with weird with bees. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you for sharing those. I've got some from, like, history. Crazy stuff from th- hundreds, thousands of years ago. These would be, like, cures for infertility or just the way infertility was handled. You know what my main takeaway was from... You know what the scariest thing about infertility is in this whole episode? Is how infertile women have been treated over the (laughs) centuries. That's super scary. We have it much better now. And sad. Yes, we have it much, much better now. When you start researching this stuff, it kind of puts things into perspective. So... Okay, a couple of these that I'm going to talk about briefly, I actually mentioned them in... You're going to hear about them again, because I, I recorded an episode while, for While You're on Maternity Leave, Sarah, with my sister, um, about like like ancient infertility practices. Anyway, so I'm going to touch on just two of those real quick, for the sake of this 
episode. So we're going back to ancient Rome, and which is a whole lot of years ago, long time ago, <laughs> just like a few centuries BC or AD. The inability to bear children was like complete legitimate grounds for divorce, right? And that didn't change for a very long time, like even up until like the 1950s. So, but that's when it was definitely like going strong. Can't give me a kid, you're gone. Like excommunicated from the family. So there's this festival, maybe not unlike the penis parade in Japan, festival called Lupercalia in Rome, where a priest sacrificed a bunch of goats and dogs. <laughs> Sarah's face, I love it. And then he ran around and whacked women on the face <laughs> with, like, the bloody <clears throat> pieces of the dead goats and dogs. Ew. And that was supposedly a cure for your infertility. How would that cure infertility, like? I don't know. He's just running around like with a bloody goat leg, whacking women on the face. Infertile women. Just getting blood all over your makeup. Ew. Messing your hair up. You know he just wanted to do that. He had some kind of weird fetish about dead animals or something. Yuck. Crazy. And then move forward a few hundred years in medieval Europe and... This is the worst. This is just the worst. So infertile women were thought to be cursed or like have some kind of evil spirits in them, thought they were witches. So these women were often exercised or burned at the stake. I hate exercising. <laughs> oh, not the same thing. <laughs> have you seen The Exorcist? I have. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like a good time. Mm-mm. 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 So, if that if they didn't kill you outright or exercise you, one of the cures was to drink the blood and urine of pregnant women and animals. <laughs> and they were given all kinds of weird things to eat. Everything from powdered boar penis to the hind paws of weasels. No. Doesn't that sound tasty? That's gross. Yeah. Um, I'll have the powdered boar penis on my sandwich today, please. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. So medieval women in Europe had it real rough if they were infertile. And keep in mind, it wasn't necessarily that they were infertile. They just couldn't have kids. We're not taking anything into account that it could be the men's issue here, which we all know 50% of the time it is. It can't be <gasps> the man's issue. Of course not. They are infallible. <laughs> okay, so not long after that time, medieval Europe, fast forward a few hundred years to Catherine de Medici's. Is that how you would say her name? <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. This is one crazy effed up story. Catherine, and so she got, see, she got special treatment for being infertile because she was the queen of France. So you can't burn the queen at the stake. I mean, I guess you could, but that didn't happen to her. So quick history lesson. She's from Italy, 
She was orphaned as a child. She had wealthy parents. But her uncle was the Pope. Uh, Another Pope. Pope makes another appearance. The Pope makes another appearance. The Pope <clears throat> is the Pope is orchestrating all kinds of things happening in Europe for centuries. Okay, so her uncle's the Pope. He's real buddy buddy. He's in he's in Italy. He's buddy buddy with the current king of France. So they come up with this idea to marry off her niece, which is Catherine, to his son, which is Henry. Wait. And you they, mean the Pope's niece. The Pope's niece is Catherine, and Henry is the heir to the throne in France. So they're like, let's get these two together. Let's get these two they're, children together. Yeah, they're six <clears throat> years old at the time when this idea comes up. They finally get married. And, of course, this is all political. It's just so, like, Italy and France can still have, like, you know, symbiotic relationship. It's all political. It's not, you know. Of course, these people weren't consulted if this is what they want. I mean, since six-year-olds make decisions on who they're going to marry. So the wedding takes place. They're both 14 years old. And the mommy and daddy tuck them into bed that night because <laughs> they're 14. And they're like, hey, so you guys, you guys need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We'll watch. Yeah, we'll watch. Apparently, Henry's dad, the king of France right now, watches them. And a direct quote, he says, I put them to bed and watched them jousting, and they jousted valiantly. (laughs) Ew. Ew. And then they all wait 34 days. The Pope is there for the wedding. He's just hanging out in France. Anyway, she doesn't come up pregnant, and he says to her... Never mind, a clever woman can always have children. But then Catherine doesn't get pregnant for ten more years. Here's what was happening. <laughs> Meanwhile, Henry and Diane, not Jack and Diane, Henry and Diane. Who's Diane? Diane was this woman who took care of Henry as a child. She was like a, like a nanny, kind of. So she was at least 20 years older than him. And she started watching over him when he was a kid. So when he's 17, they start having a sexual relationship. (laughs) Remember, she's 20 years older than him, at least, maybe more. So she's pushing 40 and he's 17. Was she married at the time or did her husband So many things wrong with this picture. She was married when she started taking care of him, but she was married to this super old dude, and he died. And she was, like, an aristocrat. Like, she was on the court, whatever that means. Aren't those just, like, rich, fancy people that the kings and queens hang out with? I guess. That's what I think. So the king is like, hey, my nine-year-old, he's kind of ornery. Can you watch him? (laughs) And that's, like, basically how they had formed this relationship. So it's very... Freud would have had a good time with these two. (laughs) So they become lovers when he's 17, and they just had this menage a trois situation happening between the three of them for decades. It went on until he died. So they're both having sex with him. Separately. Catherine's trying... Separately. (laughs) Yeah. 
Catherine's trying everything to conceive. She goes to fortune tellers, doctors, magicians, priests, astrologists. She tries potions. She stays away from mules because they're supposed to be bad luck because <laughs> they're infertile. <laughs> it's true. And then it's on historical record that she has holes drilled into the roof of Diane's room. I guess Diane had a room in the castle somewhere. I don't know. She has holes drilled into the roof of Diane's room and watches her husband have sex with Diane. Just to, like, get weird. some tips. Super weird. Super weird. It's thought that Henry had this thing called hypospadius. Hypospadius? How would you say that? Yeah, I'd say it that way. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that? I had to okay. Google it. Did you? Did you what? Can you share what it is, Sarah? It, it, okay, so his pee hole <laughs> is not in the right place. Like it's on the side of his penis, or like down side, or underneath. Yeah, like it's not where it's supposed to be. So that makes me <laughs> think that like when he would ejaculate, it wouldn't mm-hmm. go in her. Right, and so. I think you're correct. That... <laughs> or it wouldn't shoot like straight up. Like it would just fall out. It would it would just it would be yeah, he'd be shooting at an angle, kind of like uh I picture like the way a sprinkler system <laughs> works. Or if you have a straw and there's uh-huh. like a hole in it. Yeah. Maybe it's like that. Like you bend your straw and you accidentally put a crack in it, you're like, Oh crap. Ah, now it's coming out the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's like that. Yes. So it's it's rumored that he had this going on. And then at the same time, it's also rumored that Catherine might have had a retroverted uterus. How would they even know that? I don't know. This this um, article that you shared with me was written by an OBGYN, and it was super long and detailed. But they don't say why this... Other than maybe the fact that it just took them so long to get pregnant. That, like, oh, maybe she... But who knows? Because she eventually, once they figured it out, went on to have 13 children. No, she had nine. Some of them died. Oh, I thought those other ones were from other people. Uh, Well, that's possible, too. But I know she had some that died. Uh. She had, her last two were twins, and mm. they both died. So... By that point... But she had sons, so that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, back to the story. So, so she sees... Catherine sees her husband, Henry, having sex with Diane, this old lady, 40-year-old lady. And old lady. she's like, wow, he doesn't... It, he doesn't do it the same way with her as he does with me. They were just always doing it strictly business, missionary style, nothing fancy. So she needed to get on top. She needed to get on top or doggy style is, I think, what eventually worked out for them. So Catherine, or excuse me, Diane had a very vested interest in Catherine becoming pregnant. Why? Because if Catherine doesn't get pregnant, then Henry's going to divorce her and get a new wife. And Diane's like, mm, new wife might not like me so much. Like, we might not be able to have this, like, easygoing, three-way, very progressive kind of situation well, I don't think happen. Catherine liked her either, but she was like, She oh, didn't, whatever. but she kept her mouth shut. She tolerated her. Yeah. 
So Catherine gives, or Diane gives Catherine tips. <laughs> She's like, hey, when you do it, you just need to flip over and let him oh, go to town. Cradle his balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was basically the 16th century version of put your legs above your head after you do it. Yeah. And that must have solved the issue because then, boom, 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 13 children. You know, maybe something, what if she hadn't even started her period yet? She was, what did I say? 14. 14 when they started. I mean, at that point, but she should have started her period by 24. Sure. I know. I just wonder if. Well, yeah. I just wonder if it took <clears throat> took her a while. Took him a while to get rolling there. Maybe that's all it was. Um, I think it was his penis. I think it was his penis. <laughs> but I think you're right. I mean. So yeah. And then this is the best part. <laughs> she is. She was quoted as saying to one of her kids later in life. Never has a woman who loved her husband liked his whore. <laughs> it's like, no. amen, sister. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. And then, so, eventually, Henry dies when he's, like, 40-something. He's pretty young. He dies, and Catherine's like, um, Diane, bye-bye. <laughs> she just, like, took all her jewels away, her house. Give me back that horse. Give me back that crown. Give me back that, you know, and like totally excommunicated her. Kind of surprised. Threw her out on the street. Diane was still alive. <laughs> Those crazy medieval kings and queens. They have, they're just so messed up. Like all the incestual. I was going to say it's sh- the inbreeding. It's so weird. <clears throat> it's just weird. So that was my one story, which was pretty crazy. The second one, we're going to fast forward several hundred more years <laughs> to our boy, James Marion Sims. And someone shared this in the Facebook group. Yes, someone shared this article a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And we thought, this is the perfect episode to talk about him. If you remember, we talked about him in, uh, what, Let's Hear It for the Boy. I don't remember which episode that was, but talking about male infertility. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is considered the father of gynecology, and he had the first, what, successful IUI? No, he just tried it first in the U.S. No, he was helping women with stuff. Well, but that's why we talked about him. He had, we've talked about him more than once, because we talked about him in the IUI episode, too. Anyway, he d- he was the one who performed IUIs on women that were on their period. And he was like, oh, I didn't have very much luck. Oh, it was that guy? <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, what an idiot. Yeah, it's, yeah. But he was doing other stuff. Oh, yeah. To help women. Idiot slash pioneer slash racist. Slash horrible person. <laughs> right. So here's the good things we can say about Mr. Sims. He really did make a lot of medical breakthroughs in gynecology and I mean, we do have him to thank for that. Um, And he was doing it at a time when this is quoted from the article as saying treating women was considered, quote, distasteful and rarely done. Like most doctors in the 19th century, Sims originally had very little interest in treating female patients and no specific gynecological training. 
Examining and treating female organs was widely considered offensive and unsavory. It's like, well, yeah, nobody likes to dig around in vaginas. No one Somebody's likes their vagina to be dug around in. I mean, <sighs> hell no. Unless you're into that. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit it's crazy that it was only, what, the 19th century that people started exploring female gynecology? That's crazy because it was considered unsavory. Yeah, not cool. Dudes. You guys are not cool sometimes. So he came up with everyone's favorite device, the speculum. So ladies, next time you go to the OBGYN, you get the speculum up the hoo-ha. You have Mr. Sims to thank for that. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who couldn't figure out IUIs. Right. So, and then the thing he's probably most known for is that he came up with the surgical technique to repair um, fistulas. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah, so... He came up with the technique to repair those, which were very common in childbirth, um, you know, before modern day medicine. And it was especially common among slave women because they did not have the same, like, nutrition and they just didn't have the same treatment as white women, of course. So he had a lot of women that had this illness after giving birth, which... Do you know what you know what a fistula is, right? It's a tear between the uterus and bladder, so I'm guessing that's on the inside. Yeah. It's on the Yeah, it's rough. Sounds painful. Yeah. And it still happens now. They just repair it like right away usually. Uh, that's but like one of the scary things. <laughs> that's we probably shouldn't be telling you this story right now. But it doesn't usually happen with a C section. Oh no, it shouldn't happen with a C section. So there's that. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into why it would happen for this for your sake. <laughs> Wait, do you know why it would happen? Yeah, I mean, I know what causes it. I read about it. No, what not, causes it? Well, it's just um, baby coming down the birth canal and putting constant pressure, like in one spot. Like if they're having a hard time coming out, actually can cut off a blood supply to that area and cause the tissue to like basically die, and then it forms a hole between your vagina and your bladder. <laughs> Guys, Sarah's face. (laughs) No. I know, it's awful. It's awful. And then that leads to, if it's not repaired, you basically constantly have fluid and urine leaking out of your vagina all the time. There's nothing keeping it in. Did you just hear my jaw pop from being (laughs) open too wide? It's very sad. And, And it can cause, like, obviously, like, urinary tract infections and all kinds of other, like very unsavory things how common is this i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was thinking yeah like it's it's not like it never happens is what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. it get but it's they repair it now but back in the 19th century they couldn't they didn't know what it was or how to repair it and he's the one who came along and and figured out how to do it which was good because these women were in intense pain all the time after this happened because it wasn't, they were having infections and they were completely ostracized by the community because they were seen as just these like very unclean women because they're constantly leaking fluid and it was very embarrassing, Aww. obviously. I know, sad. And then, you know, in terms of like the whole impetus of why he was doing it was that they weren't any good to their slave owners these poor African-American women, if, 
like if they couldn't have any more kids, they're basically damaged goods, and that's all they're really good for is for <clears throat> making more children. So they had a vested interest in getting this fixed for their slaves, and so they paid Dr. Sims a lot of money to do this. Which brings me to the bad. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, while he did come up with this technique, he performed it on all... He experimented, I should say, on enslaved black women without anesthesia. So, a little disclaimer, anesthesia wasn't wildly used anywhere. Ugh. So, no matter who he'd been doing it on, he, was, he wouldn't have been using anesthesia. But we'll get to in a minute why it... Yeah. So his defenders say that he was just a man of his time. You know, like, everybody treated slaves this way. It's like, uh, why is that? <laughs> why are you using that as a defense? And claim that the end justified the means because he came up with this technology. It's like, no, no. <laughs> and they claim that these enslaved women with fistulas were they would have likely wanted this treatment because they would have been in in intense pain so they would have like willingly taken part in his experiments but unfortunately history wouldn't know because they haven't recorded their voices because they didn't have a voice so the only thing like it was basically just the slave owner's consent to Dr. Sims that was it. That's all he needed. They didn't have a say in whether whether or not they wanted to do it or not. So this procedure, the patients were completely naked, and they were asked to sit like up on their knees and bend Uh-oh. forward, like putting Man. their hand, their face in their hands, like on their elbows. Mm-hmm. And then he used this this speculum that he created. <laughs> he. He made it out of like by like by bending the ends of two pewter spoons. Oh man. I'm going to put a picture of it in in our Instagram page. Which is also what the first forceps kind of looked like, uh-huh. but with a spring. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Um so and then that way he could get in there and do whatever he needed to do. So from his own biography he wrote a quote from his biography that says there's three women that he names three slaves that he he calls them out by name so we know of them but there were many others that we don't know their names this one was named lucy and he says lucy endured an hour-long surgery screaming and crying out in pain as nearly a dozen other doctors watch it watched as sims later wrote lucy's agony was extreme oh but Lucy did go on to like live and had other kids. Um, I so think he I'd did. be like, no more kids. <laughs> I don't think you would have a choice. So anyway, critics say that he, Sims, cared more about his experiments than providing therapeutic treatment because they felt like he caused, you know, like unnecessary suffering by operating under this racist notion that black people did not feel pain the same way as white people in sanity this is like a thing that people thought back then that doesn't even make sense because he said he's quoted saying lucy's agony was extreme i know i wonder if he was like oh maybe i'm wrong about that oopsies whoops oh it does seem like she's in a bit of pain here i mean 
but this was not just him. Like, this was a common belief that um, African-Americans did not, like, had a higher threshold for pain than white people. Just insanity. So, but going back to the anesthesia, while some doctors didn't trust anesthesia at all, Sims simply chose not to use it once it was introduced. Um, And it was just based on his misguided belief that black people didn't experience pain like white people. It's just crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Not the greatest guy. And in fact, he's got statues in a few different states. And he used to have one in Central Park in New York. And as of this year, in April 2018, it was actually taken down. His statue was removed from Central Park in New York April of this year. That was very recent. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, 1970. (laughs) Nope. Anyway, so, you know, this is one of those, like, okay, yeah, he was a pioneer, but at what cost? Uh, The cost of black slaves. Well, I know, but is... (laughs) No, I I don't think that... I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very problematic story. And it's not... The problem is it's not uncommon, it reminds me of the uh, circus guy from, like, The Greatest Showman. Barnum? Bailey? Yeah. <laughs> reminds me of him. And their treatment of animals? No. Well, yeah, oh. but he, he bought a slave woman, and then when she died, he dissected her and had people oh. pay. My gosh. To watch. No. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, so that's kind of a sad story, slash scary, slash horrifying, since Halloween's tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know what I'll be doing? I'll be watching Ghost Adventures, probably. Yeah? Maybe. We love Ghost Adventures. That's how you're not going to take Bjorn trick-or-treating? Uh, well, we're recording this on the second, but, uh... (laughs) I want to, but we're not going out in public. With baby. With the baby. So one of us will be taking Bjorn trick-or-treating. We're go- we Got it. We'll go to the nursing home. That's where all the candy is. Oh, definitely don't take the baby to the nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. You get sloppy kisses Ugh. all over Like, no, no, your no, newborn. don't touch. <laughs> do you have any, um, like... Weird or interesting or slutty costumes that you've ever had? I was Hello Kitty once. Oh, that's cute. And we went to the club. Uh, it was a cute. It was like good old days. cute slutty Hello. It wasn't really that slutty. It was just like the short <laughs> skirt. I got it from Hot Topic. Of course. And Spencer's. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. <laughs> we, we went to this club called Tonic. I feel like that's like a club name of a club in every city, probably. Uh, we've got one. So. <laughs> the Tonic Room. The only time yeah. I had ever been there, the floor was so sticky. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Why are the you floors always so sticky? You don't know what so the sticky? sticky is from. Well, I mean. Sweat. Alcohol. Ugh. Alcohol. Any number of fluids. <laughs> it's just very problematic luckily i have this look of like don't talk to me so i never had the problem with guys like coming up and dancing on me 
Oh, that's good. You've got strong RBF. I do, too. Or I'm just like, they're like, is that a child in the club? <laughs> I turn around. They're like, mm, I'm confused now. She's so little, and she's wearing a Hello Kitty outfit, so I'm not sure. I should probably not touch this one. Yeah, I'm not even. Like, nice guys like me. Like, real nice guys, not the nice guys. That that are hiding, like, a sheep in wolf's clothing? Yeah, not the guys who... A wolf in sheep's clothing. (laughs) Not the guys who think that they're nice, and then they're like, "I I held the door for you, so you owe me. Not like that type of nice guy, but guys who are actually like gentlemen, like Peter. Is Peter, is he into, will he get into a costume or whatever? Like, is he into Uh, Halloween? If I got it for him, probably. (laughs) Like, if I beg him. Bill is not. He'll do it for me, but he's not like, I'm going to dress up as Count Dracula. (laughs) The few times we've dressed up for Halloween together, I always, like, I purposely, intentionally pick something that's very benign for him. Like, two, or, I don't know. It was the year we had our miscarriage, and Halloween, I was like, damn it, because it was in October when we miscarried, and I was like, we are going to go out, and we will have fun. (laughs) And we got tickets to see the show um, Million Dollar Quartet. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but it's about, like... It's about Johnny Cash and Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins. Anyway. Jerry Lee Lewis. Anyway. Yeah. He, Great balls of fire. He, he has problems, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, so we went to that show, and we... So I dressed up like an early 50s style. I like, went all out with the victory rolls and the poodle oh, skirt and, like, the, cute. got decked out in the little cat I. I was like, Bill, can you wear black pants and a black shirt and you'll be Johnny Cash, the man in black? Aww. He's like, okay, that I can do. <laughs> well, we hope everyone out there has a very happy Halloween. Yeah, but wait, did, did you have any slutty costumes? Oh, I've, yeah, sure. <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> I couldn't, I was trying to think of my sluttiest Halloween costume. It was probably when I went as like a Moulin Rouge dancer. Ooh. But it actually wasn't that slutty because they really weren't that slutty, if you think about it. Weren't they whores? (laughs) I mean, but their costumes were actually pretty fanciful. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, didn't they get paid to have sex with people? (laughs) Yeah, they were prostitutes or sex workers. Oh, sorry. Is whore a bad word to call someone uh, who gets paid money for hey, having sex Hey, listen, with people? Queen Catherine used it, so it's good enough for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everyone have a happy Halloween. Thanks for joining us today. That yeah, let us know that, what your sluttiest yeah. ha- Halloween costume is. Yeah, I want to see the pictures oh, yeah. in the Facebook group. I was going to say, and share pictures. I'll, I only have one picture of me. And it's like the back of me. Like, you can't even see my face, but. Yeah, we'll share our pictures. Yeah. You guys share your pictures of, on the post that we make about this episode. Or so. tell us what your, what your husband or boyfriend or whatever let you dress him up as. Yeah. Want to hear some good Halloween stories? 
How can they join the Facebook group, though, Sarah? Uh, they, what are we talking they can about? Request to join the Facebook group and answer the questions. Still a lot of people pending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that haven't answered the questions. And we're not yes. just going to let you in if you don't answer those. Uh, but you can join our group. It's called the Infertile Mafia. And then inside of that group, which is a linked group, is Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies. And so you can join there. You can follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. And then feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, I have no idea what we're talking about because it's August or it's October 2nd and I haven't thought that far ahead yet. (laughs) (laughs) And we're recording this out of order. Hey, but Sarah... I know by the time everyone listens to this, you will have a baby, but you don't right now. So this is kind of weird. It's like we're talking from the future, from the past. I don't know. But I hope everything goes great. Thank you. We love you. We're excited for you. Thanks. I'm I'm sad. Don't be sad. I'll be back. This is a happy time. I'll be back. She'll be back, guys. Don't worry. I will not let her ghost you. You know what I'm going to be, Halloween? A mom-bee. (laughs) <laughs> that's a zombie corny jokes yeah. i know i got it uh, okay. i got it don't I, explain it don't sorry. explain it <laughs> i feel like i always have to explain my jokes they're like are you no. serious no we all got it when you explain it you lose you lose me ah uh, yes <laughs> but that's what i'll be a mommy i like it but anyway. okay everybody Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. Bye, Sarah. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)